Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Sunday's Soda Fountain on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. There's a lot more to retail than selling something a customer wants. More and more customers want experience. They want to feel like they're buying into something, a lifestyle, an ethos, a trend maybe. Smart retailers, of course, know their customers. Really smart retailers know their customers maybe better than they know themselves. Curation then is the name of the game. Even with the treasure trove of marketing data available at your fingertips, selecting what you need to sell is still challenging. And that's how local retailers hold their ground in the age of e-commerce. They know their customers better than just about anyone. Some are so good at it, they can game the system the other way around and they sell their own collections online. Uh, Charlotte Cryer has operated Caroline & Company in Lafayette since 1997. The shop offers a pretty wide variety of goods and gift ideas. They've got home decor and accessories, clothing, bath and beauty supplies, and holiday specialties. Caroline & Company has two locations now with its flagship store in the River Ranch area of Lafayette. Uh, Charlotte has also found a market for her goods on the internet. They offer complimentary gift, gift wrapping and can ship straight from the store to anywhere in the country. Charlotte Cryer, welcome to Out the Lunch. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. If you're selling wedding dresses, curation is everything. Brides want to feel special on their wedding day and they'll pay handsomely for it. Gowns can cost an average of $2,000 or more. It's a, a lot to spend on something that you'll theoretically wear only once. No pressure to get that right. My guest, Nicole Klein, takes each sale one by one. Her shop, Sposabella, has one dressing room, and her brides come in by appointment, appointment only. That approach gives Nicole the time and space to attend to the details of what brides want. She does extensive interviews with her customers before they try anything on, and from there, brides and their families are treated to a concierge experience complete with champagne and music. And that level of care was missing when Nicole's daughter got engaged and bought her wedding dress. When she saw the opportunity to buy Sposabella, she seized the chance to fill that gap in the Lafayette bridal market. Nicole Klein, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. So, Charlotte, I got to say, you offer such a wide variety of items. The first question that comes to my mind is, how do you decide what not to sell? I mean, where did you sort of draw the line? I mean, if you're, if you're going to try to appeal to anybody and everybody, surely you got to say, well, you know what? We don't sell uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question. Um, I guess as the store has grown and our space has grown, we've been able to offer a bigger product mix. So there are times um, when I am at market that I see something I'm very tempted to buy and I'll say those exact words. I've got to draw the line somewhere. This doesn't fit in our product mix right now. But uh, we do try to have a, a wide variety of gifts and home items so that we're your one-stop shop. You can come in and get a baby gift, a wedding gift, a birthday party gift, um, or something special for yourself or your home. So just a one-stop shop. What in your mind is like the common thread among those things to the extent there is one? Um, I think, you know, we really try hard to have unique items and we have a lot of uh, locally made items and Louisiana items. So um, I think people like to come, they spend hours shopping around in the store. It's mm -hmm. more of an experience and um, I think just having a unique variety of um, gifts that you can't find everywhere else. Yeah, speaking of unique, I mean, 
Nicole, I think uh, with wedding dresses, unique is often the name of the game. Like everybody wants to feel unique and special. And, I, and I'm thinking about just the cost of a, of a bridal gown and, and you sourcing that inventory and having this store full of unique things. I mean, tr fashions change. What do you do with inventory that doesn't move? Inventory that doesn't move, we usually put um, kind of to the side or we donate. There's many people who can't afford that $2,000 dress. Wow. So we can donate it to Night to Shine as a prom dress. We can donate it to, um, you know, they have upscale resale, something like that, to where those brides that can't afford those designer gowns at that time, maybe they can get it for a little less of a cost and they can wear a dress that makes them feel special. And that's the most important thing in the whole you know realm that we that we deal with we want our brides to feel special we want them no matter what the price costs it's 500 to two thousand dollars if they feel special in it they're going to wear it with confidence yeah. so so i mean how much of your time are you spending you know going out actually making those selections because gowns can be almost like art pieces right i mean there's yeah, a sense there's that that like you've got this very unique thing you know are you really having to comb through a lot of detail when you're making those selections? So the interesting thing about bridal world is that the designers that you have are territory protected. So like the designers that we carry, um, Justin Alexander, Essence of Australia, they're exclusive to our store. So when we have these designers, they can't be sold anywhere within maybe about a hundred mile radius. So that keeps those curated to our store only if those brides are looking for those designers they have to see us mm -hmm. instead of you know maybe going to a few other different stores and it would kind of be like a price war because <laughs> it would be like well can you give me you know a hundred dollars off of here a hundred dollars off of here yeah. and when we go to market we really really try to be you know thoughtful in the process of picking the gowns that represent the southern bride mm -hmm. You know, what is, you know, maybe on trend in New York is not what's on trend in the South. Mm. Our brides are a little more traditional, a little more, you know, elegant and classic. Charlotte, is there a similar kind of approach in your neck of the retail world? I mean, are, are there product lines or things like that that you're advertising is, you know, only available at Caroline and Company? We do have several exclusive brands um, for the area. A lot of our brands also territory protect, um, you know, some la some lines that are so large, we may just buy a portion of the line where another store in town buys another portion of the line. Mm -hmm. So um, it is often a little difficult at market to find, you know, unique specialty brands that will be exclusive to mm -hmm. us. Um, but we do try really hard to do that, and we have a great selection. That's really interesting. I mean, how is that actually brokered on the the vendors side I mean are, are they looking at a map and they're saying you know we're gonna carve out the southeast here we're gonna carve out the southwest here and they say Charlotte you seem like a nice person right. you can be <laughs> you can have our cartel in the southeast right. what, how does that work well the way that it works is at market there are showrooms that represent brands okay. and vendors so in the showrooms there are local reps sales reps that um, may be just the rep for Louisiana or South Louisiana, and they are familiar with the area and familiar with all the stores in town or around us, so they help to um, 
protect their brands as well. Is, is that more or less how it works in the bridal industry, Nicole? Exactly. So we will go to Chicago in the middle of March, and it is. It's just a big showroom, and there's different vendors there. So we'll visit, and honestly, it's luck of the draw. If you find a vendor that fits your brand, fits like my bride, then I'll approach them, see if it's available for my territory. Mm -hmm. If it is, wonderful. If someone else has it in that, uh, you know, our area, then we're just kind of out of luck. But that's what keeps exclusivity of our stores. I think for anybody in retail, you want to have those unique pieces that people say, hey, I got it at Caroline and Company, or hey, I got it at Sposabella Bridal. And that draws those people to you instead of just saying, you know, you can get this on the internet, you can get this anywhere. Hmm. We don't want that. We want them to come to our store. This kind of almost feels like there's a chicken and egg thing that would go on here, though, because it's like, do you define your brand by the exclusive vendors that you can buy from? Or are you saying, well, uh, you know, this is who we are, and so we're going to buy that vendor. Does that make sense? Like, which idea comes first? Is it like that's the thing that we want, and we're going to build, you know, our you know, neck of the bridal world on that, or, or is it the opposite? I do think that there are definitely some designers that cater more to, like I said, our southern bride who's sure. traditional. I mean, there's bridal designers who design very edgy, plungy i mean that's just not that's just not what's on trend right now for Mm -hmm. southern louisiana you know lots of our brides get married in church and are worried about their grandparents you know what they think they look like walking down the aisle so we're not gonna have those kind of designs so when we go to those showrooms they show us what we're wanting and if it's something there that we see would fit in our store then we Mm -hmm. grab it if not then we just move on to the next one I, I got to say, I feel like we're, we're reaching a point where, you know, like a lot of our grandparents probably grew up in the 60s. So I don't really know that they would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be all that modest about it. Um, I mean, Charlotte, is, has it proven challenging at all where there are products out there that, that you want to put in the store, but you can't because of this sort of territorial nature of these sorts of things? Not really, honestly. Um, I mean, there are, you know, a few brands, and I do respect that when a brand does say, I'm sorry, it's already in such and such store. Mm -hmm. I do respect that because I appreciate when they do that for me as well. So, and I don't want to have what every other store in town has. So, you know, I do um, attend several different markets in the country to try to find unique products. So so you guys moved into the River Ranch store that was kind of a, a newer store, and it, it, it's a, a big facility, right? And I understand that that, that space kind of gave you a better way to lay out your merchandise. I mean, talk to me a little bit about how that actually works. I mean, the the, the spatial design of the yeah. retail experience. I mean, I think people would, would kind of get it from a grocery store, right? You know, grocery stores kind of are set up in a way that they want you to shop. In a, I mean, how does that work in the retail world? You know, it just kind of depends on the product that's arriving. Actually, yesterday, my management team and I, walked around the store with a sort of a map of our fixtures that we have and the new product that's about to arrive and just kind of planned where we're going to move certain things and where we're going to move fixtures and set everything up and just laid it out. So it does change seasonally the way that we set things up. Um, We had a huge Christmas display, Mm -hmm. took up a whole room. So the product that's typically in that room, we had to shift to other spaces in the store. So you'd have to stay creative and Customers love that. They come and they say, every time they come in, things are moved around and they're in a different spot and kind of puts them on a little treasure hunt around the store and, you know, 
to find new products. So, You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Charlotte Cryer of Carolina Company and Nicole Klein of Sposibella. Do you find, Nicole, that you've, you've got to set up your dresses in a certain way to make the experience of, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is probably not quite how it works, but, but I think about, like, you know, you go to some stores, right, and it's like you can tell that they're putting the kind of the expensive thing in the front, <laughs> and you have to hunt for the, the thing that you can afford. I mean, is, is, but, I mean, what you're doing is so tailored to the individual customer. I would imagine that influences how you even design the store experience, right? So what we really try to do is when they come in, we already have, like you said, kind of had this interview with them, got their price point. So we try to guide them to where they need to go. <laughs> so we'll go through the store, kind of shop with them. We tend to try to keep designers together because yeah. a lot of people will come in and say, hey, I see that you carry um, Justin Alexander. We'd love to see his gowns. And then we kind of go by price point mm -hmm. because... We don't want them to be overwhelmed or see this dress that they absolutely love kind of hidden way back here that's, you know, and then they want to pull that and we know it's not in their price point. So I really try before they even get there, kind of have a little bit pulled and a little bit to the side, do some some pre-shopping for them. Talk, talk me through your interview process. I mean, we're on an interview show. <laughs> you want to know the whole thing. I kind of so, want to be interviewed. I don't feel like you this want is the something interview? that would okay. have never happened for it. me. There you, know. you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when are you getting married? Uh, I'm already married. No, I, in, in <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just start with June. I guess it seems like a nice month. That's to a get great married. round, yeah, yeah. you know. So we get their wedding date. We get their venue because some churches, if you're getting married at church, they may have some sort of stipulations, like their shoulders have to be covered. You can't yeah. have a backless dress. You have to have, you know, certain things. So we want to make sure we're aware of all of that before they get in. A budget. Let's be, I mean, that's the biggest thing, mm. the budget. It's so nice when I know before they come in, they're only willing to spend $1,600 because that gives me an idea so that when I do pull these dresses, I can be respectful of that. And mm. I'm not just pulling gowns that they may fall in love with that or three times outside of their price point and mom is having a meltdown, daughter's having a tantrum. Like we don't want any of that. We want everyone to leave happy and just be, you know, the greatest experience of their life. Yeah. So we really try and vet those brides. We ask for their fiance's name. We try and do little messages like the future Miss Smith. Mm -hmm. You know, we really try to tailor it to them. Um, size. So dresses are stock. So what that means is we buy samples. Our samples range from six to 22. Hmm. And there is one dress like for each sample. So if there's a girl that comes in that's a size four, we kind of pin it on her. If there's mm -hmm. someone that's a 22 and we need to pin it on her, we make it work. But it's not just this plethora of sizes. So knowing their size beforehand, that's another thing that helps us kind of narrow things down hmm. and kind of what style they're looking for. We may have a boho bride that wants bell sleeves and we might have another one that's, you know, going straight Audrey Hepburn, wants that classic look, you mm -hmm. know? So it gives us an idea of what's walking through the door before they even get here. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, you mentioned earlier you've got a management team. You talk to us a little bit about how big your operation is. I mean, how many employees do you have? So at my height uh, of season at Christmas time, because we do hire extra holiday help, we had around 50 employees. Wow. Um, I have eight full-time and the rest are part-time. Mm -hmm. And because of 
the size of the store and the amount of inventory. Um, I have a baby department manager. I have a jewelry manager. I have a gift manager. I have a home decor manager, um, an inventory manager. Um, I have a marketing team, um, three girls that work in our marketing department that handles our website and our social media, filling our online orders. Um, and it is a really great team that works so well together. Um, we help each other. It's, you know, although you have a specific uh, role, everyone works together to make this work. So you mentioned online ordering. I mean, Carolina Company has been around since like Windows 95. I mean, people were still <laughs> using Windows 95 yes. at that point. I mean, right. so, so, I mean, e-commerce doesn't really become a thing kind of mid-2000s, right? right? I mean, so at what point did you guys say, hey, this is a good opportunity for us? Because, I mean, I think we often think about the, the sort of a, a tension between e-commerce and local retailers, but you're doing both. So I, mean, right. I, I just want to learn more about how that works for you. Right. Well, our website, we use... Um, is a great marketing tool for us. Yeah. And we have a lot of local customers that shop on our website because one of our checkout options is in-store pickup. Hmm. So, and that really took off during COVID. Um, we always offered in-store pickup, but during COVID especially, um, you know, our customers could still shop online as they were shopping in the store mm -hmm. and we could wrap their gifts. They could pull up in the front of the store and we'd put it in their trunk and they'd drive off. Mm -hmm. And still we offer that service so customers can do all their shopping online they can get it gift wrapped if they want to we can ship it for them we can have it in the store for them to come pick up but we do have a lot of um, out-of-town online shoppers as well yeah and I guess that raises a question in my mind like how does that interact with the territory thing right I mean if I could conceivably buy something from anywhere right so why do people buy that product from Carolina Company if I live in Juneau Alaska you know or wherever wild place they might come from well we spend a lot of time and effort and yeah. money to get us ranked up high in the search engine so when someone is searching yeah. a certain product we hope to come up pretty high on the page so. yeah SEO is the thing yep. that we're all trying to learn <laughs> um, and it's forever changing it's forever changing believe me yeah. I, I run a newspaper it's wild right. so yeah. but, so uh, I mean Nicole I mean it, surely that that's something that comes into your world right I mean where you're having to think about yeah there's the real life human experience and maybe you're I'm assuming just correct me if I'm wrong that most of your sales are people coming in the store and buying stuff you're probably not doing a lot of on sales right we don't do a lot of online sales but I think it's coming okay it's coming. <laughs> I think it's coming but are you already having to sort of plan for that digital marketing element I mean is it a lot of so social media kind of stuff I mean we did we just met with some um, a website build out yeah. and trying to get things kind of under wraps because there's so many things that are coming up now. Brides coming in and they're asking, you know, do you have a online stock? Like yeah. to where they can look online and see exactly what dresses we have in stock. They want to see it before they come in. Mm -hmm. They want to see what, you know, they could try on when they come in. But another thing they have a online wedding dress retailer now that has started sending wedding dresses out in boxes you try three on for $15 and you send it back oh, wow yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it is so it's like to be competitive with that sure, yeah. you know that's at the forefront what we have to think about so what's the next step in the bridal world yeah you know 
rent the runway that became a thing so maybe it's rent the wedding dress right. i mean there's a lot of people who call lately that have asked about that the purse strings are being held a little tighter you know yeah. in the economy that we're in right now so you have to you know be flexible and start adapting to that but it seems like a lot of folks would you know come to you because they want you know i mean the say yes to the dress kind oh, yeah. of experience right mm-hmm. like and then there's it, it's Frankly, it's a tradition to some extent, right? Like, that, that, like you know, especially when you're, you know, you're having customers that are bringing family. Like, you can't bring your family to the internet. I mean, I guess right. you can, but they're just going to start yelling about politics to each other. But I mean, like, if you put it in a different kind of context, we're like, we're all here to buy this dress together. Like, that can't be recreate, recreated online, right? Absolutely. I really think that the bridal experience will really never go away. I think the whole online thing is maybe for someone in a short time frame, like a turnaround, like an elopement, something that, you know, they're they're trying to get things rolling in a really quick way. But there's nothing that beats coming in with your mom. any member of your family that you feel special and being able to put that wedding dress on and have a toast and really have that say yes to the dress experience just like you see on TV. I mean, I think that's what people hold so special. It's humbling for me because we're giving them that experience that will last a lifetime and that's one of the biggest purchases that they'll make, Mm -hmm. you know, probably forever. I mean, besides a car. Besides your car. Or, or the yeah. birth of a child, you know, like. You're going to a lot more on a, you're on a kid. a lot more on that. Um, but, I mean, that's their first milestone sure. is their wedding. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. It's a big deal. Charlotte, I mean, I'm curious at this point, right, I mean, you've been in business long enough. I'm sure you've gone through a number of trends. I mean, are, is there a mainstay kind of product that you found is like, look, going back to 1997, Carolina Company could count on that amber oil right as the product to sell i mean what's the thing that people will i think in your mind usually associate with carolina company when it comes to products specifically um i would say home fragrance yeah um we have i'd say the largest candle and home fragrance selection in south louisiana wow um and i think people do come to us from that and you know just staying relevant and on top of new lines that come out like there's a new home fragrance product called a pura diffuser Mm. that's a plug-in diffuser you plug into the wall so now every large candle company is coming in coming out with the inserts that go in the pure diffusers is so that different than like a glade plug-in like it is very different than how that. is it di- <laughs> so explain, explain to me because please, each yeah. product line um yeah. is selling their own fragrance so you can oh. buy the diffuser yeah. and if you have a favorite nest fragrance or lafco fragrance or yeah. you love sweet grace they're all making the pura inserts yeah so you just have the one device and you can choose your favorite fragrances and then at Christmas time we have Fraser Fur and so that has become a huge hit for us and we carry an extensive selection of inserts. Outside of like the delivery mechanism and have, is, are there trends in fragrances? I mean do people come back and there's like every you know this year pine needles are in I mean we, what's the thing that changes over time? Or well it's it, seasonal I believe. Uh, yeah. um, I remember at one time which has never been my favorite, but more like food fragrance, yep. candles and home fragrance. I think now people are liking sort of like the essential oil fragrances and clean and fresh and unique fragrances, like blended fragrances. Um, so we have a great selection of 
those fragrant fruits. Yeah, I mean, Nicole, to the extent that you're dealing with the traditional Southern bride, right? You've kind mm-hmm. of that, that feels like the person you hold in your mind. You know, tradition by its nature is something that doesn't change. So, like, what are the things that change in traditional Southern bridal wear? I would say they love a good ball gown over here, right? Yeah. We love a good ball gown. We love a good fabric, a Mikado silk, just some pearls. Mm-hmm. Throw on that long cathedral veil to go down the church aisle. Yeah. I mean, that is what we call a bread and butter dress. Mm. It is just... There's nothing better than seeing a gorgeous bride light up in a ball gown. And I think we tend to go that way in the South because there's so many Mardi Gras balls Mm. and um, galas and these other parties that we get to wear formals to. So like the beaded dresses and these real tight fitted dresses, we can wear those to all of those. Mm -hmm. But when are you going to wear a ball gown again? So do you guys do gowns outside of the wedding? I mean, or is bridal we only? Don't. Or do you, okay. Bridal only. This is a one-woman show. Yeah. I can only handle one thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to my I'm sticking to my bridal at yeah. this point. But yeah. yeah, it's super excited. And I just have to tell um, Charlotte, I get all my fragrances uh, from her. Okay. I go shop my Capri Blue Thank and Puras yeah. from Caroline and Company because my brides, when they come in, I give them candles from your store because. That's the smell they associate with when they bought their dress. Mm -hmm. So they can burn that fragrance while they're getting dressed for their wedding. It's just nostalgic. It brings you back to when you bought it and had that great experience. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they say smell is the sense Mm -hmm. most tied to memory, right? right. And whether you're buying uh, Christmas gifts or you're buying a wedding dress, we're trying to set an experience. It's something we can all remember. And um, Thank you guys so much for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Charlotte Cryer, owner of Carolina Company, and Nicole Klein, owner of Sposabella. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Carolina Company and Sposabella by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis, and today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. And for stories deeper than the headlines, head to thecurrentla.com. Join me next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Sunday Soda Fountain. A Sunday's experience includes nostalgic classics like ice cream sundaes, house-made sodas, hamburgers, milkshakes, coffee, and even libations. Sunday's historic soda fountain is open seven days a week with sidewalk dining on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 